0: hot dang is it really time to do the podcast the create or die podcast once again is it possible that we're back week 30 can you believe it 30 weeks in a row just uh just take a minute to soak that in that's something special when the average podcast doesn't even make it to episode 15 so this one's gonna be a good one let's do it Well, you know, to get through these podcasts, a guy does a lot of talking, okay? And uh, you need to be able to wet your whistle. And I've decided to murder my thirst with a can of liquid death. Get you some of that. Oh, yeah. Well, I must say, since the last episode, the last couple of episodes, really, things are picking up. People, people are getting excited about uh, what it is we're putting down here on the little program. So, whatever it is you're doing, you, you, you must be telling your friends, telling your family, just like, you know, we ask, I ask, time and time again. And I appreciate that because it's paying off. It's really paying off. People, uh, people are loving the brand, they're loving, uh, the guests, you know, they're even, uh, you know, picking up some new knowledge, thanks to the knowledge nugs that regularly get dropped on this program. So if you're new to the podcast, you know, you want to see the humble beginnings, you want to listen to the humble beginnings, go ahead, check out those, uh, past episodes. You can find these Podcasts wherever podcasts can be found. Apple, uh, Spotify, even YouTube. We're at create underscore or underscore die. So check that action out. The YouTube channel could use some love. It's not doing quite as well as the podcast yet. But I guarantee you that in a few months, and especially by the time we hit our year mark, We're going to be flying high, my friends, okay? So with all this excitement, we've been able to attract another awesome guest for all y'all. My guest today is no other than Derek Bowman. Uh, He's a product design leader working in the fintech space, okay? He's currently director of product design at Avant, whose mission focuses on providing credit products to households underserved by the traditional banking system. So really using his design for a noble cause. Uh, In the evenings, he still, he gives back even more. He teaches a 24 week online intro to UX course. He's passionate about building and developing design teams, customer centricity, and lifelong learning. He lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, with his wife and his two boys. So, without further ado, welcome my good friend, Derek Bowman. Okay, well, Derek, uh, thanks for agreeing to come on our little program here at uh, Creator Die. Um, it's been a long time. You know, we've known each other for uh, a little over five years now. I remember interviewing with you uh, when I first uh, was looking at. Joining MX, and uh, by some miracle, I I got through. I think I, I think <laughs> I uh, failed the initial interview, but <laughs> but we made it happen. So thanks for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't have anything to do with that. Well, maybe I did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you. Did. I'm sure you did. You were the uh, one of the longtime creative gatekeepers over there. So that's awesome um so i'm I'm curious you know i've heard a little bit about your your background uh in conversations here and there um but you know how how did you get into design ui ux uh i know you had some agency experience uh you know talk a little bit about what it is you you do and and how you got into it
1: yeah well the, first of all thanks for having me on the show and I appreciate you reaching out to me I think it's really cool what you're doing for just talking creativity and all of that and it's, it's definitely something that I, I resonate with a lot it's going to my background you know I've been I've always considered myself a creative person I was the one who was like always drawing had just filling up notebooks of all kinds of characters and dif- different like things that I'd come up with that you know, just had a very vivid imagination and was uh, very driven by by that all growing up. And uh, but I was also always around technology. My dad was a software developer, and so I had this like real interest in like creativity and technology. And then with my career, just found fell into a place where I can combine those every day in my work. And I work in in yeah. UX design or product design, and uh, it affords me the opportunity to marry those two creative loves of like technology and uh and creativity and and art and uh you know imagination so
0: no that's excellent so i i didn't realize that uh you started out as uh one of those kids filling up notebooks with with little doodles and drawings is that something uh you've you've kept up or you kind of Uh, hung that up and then you're just not not really
1: uh like uh i i wish right like i I don't do as much of that anymore um the i'd say in in high school where i I really kind of found a, a creative vibe is i fell into this class called it was called multimedia at the time and it was just kind of like a uh just a smattering of a bunch of different things it was super cool that we had the ability to have a class like that but it taught like video production and uh, video editing, filming, some HTML uh, stuff, some, uh, we did some, created our own CD-ROMs, if you even remember, (laughs) something like that, where (laughs) we made this like a program where you could like build these, uh, it was like a person report, and then we burned it onto a CD-ROM, and you could go in and like look at a gallery and and different stuff like that. I loved that class because it was like this perfect harmony of of those types of things. And then I thought I was going to go into video editing as a career, actually, which I know is like more your world. And that that came about just from like me and my friends just going out skateboarding every day and filming it and making skateboard videos. And it's it's funny that like from that kind of became my creative outlet was through skateboarding and through um, you know just learning tricks and filming them and then sharing those videos with with friends and holding like premieres with all the neighborhood kids who wanted to come <laughs> see our skateboard videos. And uh, from that, like kind of somehow ended up in graphic design as like a leap from there and then from graphic design to web, web design, and then
0: into UX okay yeah and so um tell me a little bit more about what kind of so you had the high school education multimedia gave you a taste of all of these different worlds and uh did you go to school of college for graphic design specifically or did you already know that that there was i don't know i I started out
1: um yeah i started out as a film major because i again i wanted to do like um uh, video editing, but then realized that like in my spare time, I was mostly just messing around with Photoshop and, and, uh, doing just different graphic stuff. So I decided to switch my major to graphic design, went to the university of Utah for that. Uh, and what I really loved about that is being a designer is this idea of creating something that solves a need for a particular audience right that design is not art that it's just create creativity for creativity's sake i think there's definitely a place for that but what i what i fell in love with about design was that you had to understand your audience you had to empathize with the problem that you were solving and then you had to solve that graphically or you had to solve that through some kind of creative deliverable and uh that you know, ties really well into what I do now in user experience design, which is all about empathizing with human needs, understanding their jobs to be done, finding creative, innovative solutions through technology of meeting some
0: customer user need. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find yourself as a as a leader in, in UX design, do you find yourself uh, getting your hands dirty and, and doing the work? Uh, or is that being done by by your team more often than not? Uh, I
1: always find time to, to do some of it. Like I have a team doing a lot of things now, but it's a very small team. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still get involved you know, quite a bit in both the research, the UX research side of doing interviews, of, prepping surveys and just understanding customer viewpoints as well as, you know, all open, I mean, Figma at least, you know, several times a week, which wasn't always the case. And like back when I was at a much larger team at MX, uh, I was in there a little bit less. Uh, yeah. but these days, you know, I'm in there a decent amount. Um, you know, still playing around with some prototype ideas or early, uh, innovative ideas that we want to go out and test or want to put in front of someone to learn. And, you know, design is all about that, like putting something out there into the world and then getting people to respond to it. Yeah. Right. And you never know how it's going to be received until you can put something in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. And I love that about like the, the ability to quickly uh, prototype a concept and just be like, what do you think? Is that, did we hit the mark? And sometimes you're not going to hit the mark. And I was just yeah. talking to someone earlier today, that was concerned about a failure that she had had. She just launched uh, this new piece of our website and was worried about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, if if everything that you ever did is just always up and to the right, was always a success, then you're probably not experimenting enough, is what I told her. I love it. And the this ability in design to put something out there and Get some feedback at a prototype level or at you know just an experiment level to mm-hmm. a certain percentage of traffic or something, and be like, "What do you what do you think? Did I do it? Did I not do
0: it? Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe not. Let's iterate. Let's roll it back. Let's iterate." Yeah, no, I love that, and that, uh, that's perfectly said, and and I totally agree that if uh, if everything you're doing is uh, quote unquote successful, then yeah, you're not pushing the boundaries enough and, and, uh, and you need to need to go back to the drawing board. Um, So on that note, uh, in what you do with user experience design, is there a favorite part of that process for you? Uh,
1: For me, I think it's, it's hearing the feedback and realizing when you did hit the mark. Like, it's, it's, you always learn, even if you don't hit the mark, even if you did have, you ship something and it's a failure, you have to roll it back, you, you learn from those. But I think the ones that are the most fulfilling are when you learn that you actually did it, that you yeah. you, you created something that someone found a value. And, you know, I, I've got Slack channels where I'm constantly monitoring customer feedback through App Store reviews or Trustpilot reviews or different things like that, just to keep a pulse on like, is what we're creating and putting out into the world—is it resonating with people? Are they finding value in the things that we're creating as a business? And when you see something that that hit the mark, like that's the most fulfilling part, I think. Because then, going back to the reason why we create as designers—we create to solve problems, to solve needs—and um, yeah. when you realize that you've that you've done it, in my like working in finance when you see a review that, you know, someone had, they lost a bunch of money and their credit was damaged and they were able to use the tools that you offer to build their financial health or to like rebuild their credit and send their kids to college. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like that was a review that we recently read that my company and it's like, it's very impactful, right? It's like, okay, well we've built some tools, that allowed them to get some services or get some help or provide some kind of digital insights that helped move them in a meaningful way right like and that's why I've chosen to focus my career in finance because that is a meaningful way right that it's it's not just getting people to look at more ads or mm-hmm. you know spend more time just doom scrolling or something like I choose to in where I want to choose to deploy my my skills and talents as a designer is try to find areas of opportunity that are going to help some human in their journey, right?
0: Yeah. No, that's that's amazing, and I'm glad to see that uh, that you've come to that realization. And I'm sure it's been a long, long time. I, I, I definitely. Uh, have lived the flip side of that, where you're working in um, consulting and at an agency, and it's just about you know it's just transactional. You're just like you pay me to create this design, and and you don't feel like you're moving the needle in a positive way uh, for the world like we are in in finance and that. So I've worked in a
1: an, I've worked in an agency. I know that that world. Like sometimes you have a client that is just like. They come to you like, and they're they're really excited about some startup idea, and you know they need a brand or they need a, a MVP website or app or things, and and you're just like, okay, like I don't, I'm like I'm not as excited about this idea as you are, or I don't think this is gonna work, but the um, you know you 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 do the job, and part of the reason why I got out of that world of the agency world or the client world is. You'd create something, and then they'd be like, oh, we got it from here, and you wouldn't yeah. see it for like a year, and be like, well, I, do you? Because like, I'd love to work with your developers and like make sure that this website actually ships the way I designed it, yeah. and they'd be like, no, we got it from here, and you be like, <laughs> okay. A year later, you see it ship, and it doesn't look anything like the designs, and it lost like all its its oomph, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay. And uh, and I wanted to get out of that. I wanted to be closer to the problem because for me it wasn't just about like, you know, getting a, a, a check from the client and being like, yep, I did the, the the job for the client. Like I I was wanting to connect to users, and which is why I then went more in house and decided mm-hmm. like, and specifically to go into to, into the product side, um, mm-hmm. and and do more more product focused UX of so because you. creating tools, not just, you know, campaigns or things that are very short-lived or things Mm -hmm. that, um, at least for me, like I I wanted, I felt more fulfilled doing something that was going to be longer lasting, that was going to be, you know, a a tool uh, in someone's life
0: that was going to provide, you know, an application to, to meet some need. Yeah. And even in house, I mean, there's there's stakeholders. You know, even you as a, a leader in in the UX world, you've got bosses who um, have opinions. Uh, you know, how how do you juggle that? You, you know, as a designer with all this experience in this field, um, you know, you have ideas of and and. Even metrics to prove why certain decisions are are made, and then you've got people maybe with uh, feedback that feels subjective. Uh, How do you deal with that? Yeah. Well, for me, it's always relying as much
1: on data as possible and letting that help decide. And it's important to me that the data comes from multiple sources. A lot of companies, like, are metrics driven data driven that's great but oftentimes what they're excluding is any semblance of the customer or the end user in that decision making process or in that data that they've collected that they're only looking at their own kind of supply side so to speak of you know what they're supplying to the world and they're not looking at the demand side of what the customer is needing or asking for And they're making decisions, in my view, based on a partial data set. And so the way I manage those stakeholders or the way I think about like conflicting feedback when there is it is how do we find a place of mutual benefit where we as a business want to grow, we want to uh, you know, we want to do the best that we can for our employees, for stakeholders or whatever, and uh, but a business is only in business to serve a customer. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's really important to not forget that customer view. And so when I meet with stakeholders, I try to bring research and bring the voice of the customer. And as a user experience designer, you know, that's part of, I think my job is to Mm -hmm. represent the, the user's use case and to bring data of here's what we're hearing from the market. Here's what they've told us through surveys or interviews or some kind of feedback mechanism. And, you know, how does that data compare with where we're wanting to go as a business? And it's not mutually exclusive that the business is going to lose if you focus on the customer. And, you know, if you only focus on the business that the customer's not going to get what they need. like, they don't, those don't have to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think all the, the, the best businesses, that are out there exist to serve the customer and they they solve that problem so so well that Mm -hmm. you know they they win in in a competitive market and so mutual benefit thinking win-win is a paradigm that i always try and have and bring to those types of conversations how do we invite the customer to the table like i i heard at amazon once that they actually would leave a vacant seat at the table that would Mm -hmm. represent the customer you know, mm-hmm. and they at one point were, would talk about like how they were going to be the world's most customer obsessed company mm. and the, they would literally, and I don't know how long they did this or, or you know, if this is a, a practice that they commonly use, but I remember hearing about it and thought, I love that idea of having mm-hmm. a vacant seat at your table that represents the customer. And you know, what would you say? Would you say what you say in your meetings t- if the customer was there present or would you say that to their face? For sure. and, if you're, if you wouldn't, you know, are you really a customer centric business or org? Uh, like to me, you you should act as if always in the, the, the user's best interest, right?
0: Yeah. No, I really like that. I appreciate you sharing that. And and that gives uh, me some new confidence and ammunition next time I have to deal with stakeholders on, on the, the, the next rev of the website or whatever. But, uh, you know, part of the reason I decided to do this podcast in the first place was to help our peers who, you know, may be new in the industry or maybe they've been doing it for decades or um, kind of help mitigate against uh, imposter syndrome. So, you know, I definitely experience it. I'm, I'm still waiting to get found out. I don't know. Is that something that you deal with (laughs) all the time? If I'm honest, like, uh,
1: you know, I think most people do a pretty good job of hiding it, but I've found very few people who don't, who've expressed to me that they don't experience an imposter syndrome. It's, I think it's far more common than people realize. And, the, I think it's something that we should destigmatize or talk more openly about that, it, that it's like hey uh, this is something that, that I deal with too and I've been surprised at some of the people who have disclosed that type of uh, information to me I remember I was at one MX event for leaders and two people had spoken earlier that morning who I thought were like rock stars like yeah. the one was uh Uh, Brandon DeWitt, uh, the co-founder and CTO of MX, who I admire, you know, just, I can't say enough good things about about him and what he did to me as an individual working there, but another was a guest speaker and the two of them bonded over cancer. They both had experienced cancer. Um, The the woman had survived it and then Brandon, of course, eventually, you know, succumbed to, to his battle but the two of them started talking and I thought both gave amazing presentations and were rock stars. Mm -hmm. And they just started talking about cancer and they started talking about how nervous they get to speak. Oh, wow. And uh, and, like, because everyone was like, hey, you gave a great presentation today. And they're like, well, thanks, you know, I just get so nervous. And and it really took me aback, because both of them, like, you had so much confidence and I felt like, yeah, like, you know, these people never get nervous. And I remember Brandon was like, no, I gotta be close to a bathroom because I'm gonna have to pee right before I go up on stage. <laughs> and you know, in his kind of way. And uh, and it was really kind of eye-opening to me to be like, you know, individuals that seem like really confident and like kind of big personalities or like that are yeah. amazing presenters also get nervous or also have doubts in, in their abilities and things. And, and uh, you know, that they do a good job of overcoming that you know having being courageous enough to to step up on the stage even if it's ner- it makes them nervous, you know And yeah. so I, I always think back to that experience whenever I think about imposter syndrome because those are you know Some individuals that I look up to and it's like yeah. hey if this if this person feels that And I would have never known like I'd known them I'd known Brandon anyway for years before mm-hmm. that point and when he said that I was just like whoa like if this is something that he says always happens then, you know, maybe it's not so bad if I feel that way too, right? If some of the the greatest people that I look up to yeah. experience this on a regular basis, like, I, you know, I can, I, I can overcome these things too. And I've had like a, a career coach at one point was like, just kind of had to slap me across the face almost like, or across the Zoom, so to speak. and just be like, okay. hey, like you need to like dial that down, the self-doubt down. Like, you, you know, you are... You, you, you've you, achieved the things that you've achieved for a reason. Like I, I kept like expressing like, you know, maybe I just got lucky or everyone else that does it, like they've, they're skilled and somehow I just stumbled into it. <laughs> and it's like, you need to stop talking that way. And she's like, you almost need to like imagine it as like a separate person that when that voice talks to you, like she even said, give him a name. And when you when you hear that, like give that person a name, And like, tell that person to like, you know, to get out of here yeah. and and say, hey, you know, whatever whatever this person is, where you almost embody it as someone like as a voice outside of you, that it's not you speaking to you, that it's some foreign voice that you can dismiss and say, you know, hey, I don't have to listen to that. You know, I I am a director. I am. I've got to this point because of. What I what I've accomplished and, and be able to still with humility, but congratulate yourself and, and you know um, be be happy with wh- where you've gotten in your career and, and acknowledge that you do have something to offer your your team members or those that report to you or those that are around you um, that you know that was those couple of experiences to me like have helped me quiet that a little bit and, and kind of remind myself. Um, you know, to to give myself credit where where it's due at yeah. times, right?
0: Yeah. No, those are some amazing examples, and I I know it's going to help this audience out a lot. I appreciate you you sharing those. And uh, speaking of this audience and and maybe the younger version of yourself, if there was something uh, design related advice that you could give yourself, you know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, what would that be?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I've had amazing career mentors and people that I learned from and I always, uh, advocate for finding individuals like that. And they don't have to know that you consider them a mentor. Like you don't have to say, will you be my mentor? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but you know, find a company or find a boss or find other individuals that inspire you creatively or that you can learn from and just learn from them. I was at a, a meetup yesterday where they talked about like the quality of relationships and the quantity of relationships. And you would tend to think that who's gonna have the biggest impact are gonna be like the people that you know really, really well or you have a really deep relationship with. And that may be true in a personal sense, but the, the speaker talked about in a career sense, it's it's usually the opposite. Yeah. The, the people that maybe you don't know that well or you have just kind of the, these relationships in passing that can sometimes have the, the greatest impact. Like they may not even realize the impact that they've had on you, but you've you've been a, a student of theirs <laughs> or you've been an observer of them for a long time. And so I always I say like find people that you admire that you can observe. And, you know, that you could take to lunch or that you can, it doesn't have to be someone that you're going to see every day or that they're going to meet with you as like an ongoing mentor. I've had those and those are amazing individuals, but it's often other individuals that like they wouldn't even know the impact that they had with me just because I just tried to learn everything that I can and just be a student of theirs, uh, you know, whether they realized it or not. So that's maybe one piece of advice that I would have is like find a, a personal board of directors, so to speak, of like people that that you go to for advice or that you read their content that they produce or that you know, you follow them yeah. and uh and uh make sure that they're quality, you know, like and you, you, you can always change out just like a board of directors at a company would change yeah. out individuals as needs change. Like as you get different parts in your career, like, you know, sub people out and, uh, but always have like a certain panel, so to speak of, yeah. of people that, that you're watching, right. That you learn from that are your kind of career heroes, so to speak.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I, I love, uh. Relating that to a board of directors, I, I've never thought of it that way, but that's perfect. And and until pretty recently, um, I, you know, within the past few years, I think I I was under the impression to enter into a uh, mentor mentee relationship, it had to be like you know a formal thing, like "Will you be my mentor?" But <laughs> but that's a good reminder that that's not the way way that it works. And uh, and that's that's awesome. So. Wow, Derek, uh, this has been awesome. We're at the top of uh, the hour, and appreciate you taking time out of your your busy day, taking out of your lunch to do this. Um, in kind of closing, is there uh, a certain way that people could get in touch with you if they've listened to this and they want to reach out? What's the best way to contact you?
1: Uh, LinkedIn is the best. Like I'm on there quite a bit uh, lately, and I've you know been just to what we were just talking about, like. I feel like it's my duty to give back to things there. So I've been, I've been writing lately about some tips for younger designers and things. So go, if people are interested and follow me there or reach out to me, I'd love to hear like what types of information would be valuable. And you know, if I have it and can share it,
0: then I feel like I'm obliged to share it. So LinkedIn's the best. Okay. We'll, we'll do that. Thanks again, Derek. And, uh, you have a great rest of your day, man. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Thanks for having me, Ike. Yeah, yeah. murdered that thirst. Woo. What'd you think? Another amazing episode. Am I right? Thank you once again, Derek, for joining the program. Really appreciate it. Uh, enjoyed catching up with you after uh, after not working for a year and a half together. So that was awesome. Now, remember, you've made it this far. You've made it through the end of the program. Thank you for your time. And if you want to give back, the best way to do that, spread the word. Let the people know that there's a creative revolution going on. And it started here with create or die. Until next time, my friends, keep on creating. Create or die